Happy Friday, happy Friday. How's everybody doing out there tonight? It's your boy, Coach Lees. Another Friday night, you know what that means. We bring you an exclusive, exciting interview. And just like last week, I'm I'm getting it again this week. We have a fellow alumni from the Duncanville Panthers, City of Champions, for those that don't know. And we're going to show you how we do it big. So before we get started, Uncle Leroy, what's up, player? Hey, there's a, hey, I'm all good on this Friday. I'm rested. You know what? This is day one, two of our 30-day hiatus, and we stay coming with these hot exclusive interviews today, man. We got one of your people. What's good? Hey, so it was always good with somebody that I know. So we're going to bring him into the fold. The one, the only, Chris Owens. What's up, man? What's going on? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? We got clapping up, up for you. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> hey, Thank hey, you. Thank you. Appreciate you jumping on with us. Been a while, no but we definitely going to catch up. So how are things going for you so far tonight? Oh, they're going pretty good. They're going pretty good. Uh, slowly getting sports back going, so everything's all good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Favorite sport you like? Is it obvious? Or some, you know, secondary sport? Man, I'm a sports lover, but I love basketball is my number one. But man, I I love football. I love some football. So <laughs> but I'm a sports lover, so I like it all. Okay, okay. So if anybody don't know, I've been knowing this young man been a while now. I know him I back know, when he was in high minute. school. So <laughs> definitely looking forward to catching up with you. So we just gonna jump right in it. So for a lot of people that don't know, you know, Chris is a former national basketball um, player. Shout out to Rio CBD. Appreciate you. And for me, it's special because I knew from where you came to being focused and having a dream, going through that process, and then achieving that goal to being a professional basketball player. So it was a cool journey for me to, from, the, from the outside looking in. But we're going to look into it a little deeper to see what the experience was like for you. Okay. Okay. We can get into that. So I know you haven't already, you know, always been 6'8", because I think with your playing height. Um, so at what point of time did you start playing basketball? What made you interested in the game? Uh, I, I say around 12, 11 to 12, uh, I really started playing and my mom got me into it to get me a little bit more social. I'm a, I'm an introvert and a quiet kid. So just something to, you know, bring, get me out of the house and give me, you know, get me into it. And I just fell in love with it. I never would have known that. <laughs> So did you fall in love until was it mom was like, hey, you, you better go outside and play basketball. <laughs> no, no, she didn't have to do that. Uh, she just, I mean, she just like, you know, we didn't have a goal. I didn't have a goal growing up. And then they put one in and I just started playing every day. That, that was just something I just did. Wow. Yeah, that's wow. just something I just did. <laughs> now, it's interesting. So you said that you're an introvert. Yeah. You played a team sport. And I don't know if it still is, but at one point in time, you had one of the largest high school campuses in the U.S. So you had to interact with people at some point in time. So (laughs) (laughs) is that something you always just hated going through that process or you just grit and bear and just did it? Uh, You know, I I don't know. I, I just, but I think by the time I was in high school, I was kind of, I kind of found my groove a little bit as far as like, you know, I, I you know, I, me and my, you know, some other boys, we talk about, I'm like, man, high school, we were some lames, you know what I'm saying? We, 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 didn't, do no, 
we were we wasn't going to clubs like we wasn't doing that. So we just played basketball, you know, and talked. I mean, you know, that's that's all we did, you know, pretty much. But that that was cool with me because at the time that was that was what I wanted to do. Hey man, we didn't see how this lame. Y'all just part of the tradition, you know. Yeah. If you know at Duncanville, you had if you played a sport, that's what you live. Right. And it was right. even to the point, it was very seldom that you got to play several sports. Because right. usually right. you had a sport, you had to pick that sport year round. Oh, that's what you did. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> and since I only knew maybe about two or three people and the whole time I was there, and it was uh it was usually like basketball, I mean uh, football and track two different uh, seasons or football and baseball but i don't know of anybody that did basketball and, and football nah wow. that was that was that was rare because <laughs> you know at dunkerville sports was like that was like a little junior college you know so it was, it was, they were serious it was. About it. and they still are they still you can tell because we've had some uh you know past you know we had an olympian on here shout out to uh to the robot and it was said about you got to make sacrifice and it's, i'm hearing that you know it sounds like duncanville is breeding it at a young age because uh shout out to uh you know kevin doggins you know he made the same thing like it just sounds like that's just ingrained in the culture so do you think that is i believe it because it's you know when you you know like looking at life you know because right now i coach a bishop dunn the boys basketball team and i and I try to tell the players, like, you don't – life goes by extremely fast the older you get. So when you at an age, you know, that age, you need to figure out what you want to do, you know. And, and then, like I told a parent the other day, she was like, well, you know, in our household, school comes first. I said, well, school comes first. He don't have to play basketball. But if you want to play basketball, let him play basketball. Like, like don't, don't come at me because you never know what a kid could do, you know. And, if, and then at the end of the day, if you're going to make – your mind up to do it, then do it. So I feel like um, definitely was a culture there, and I'm, I'm appreciative of it. That's some great advice. You just know that was a wow. That was the high sports opinion you just threw off on us there. Oh, she didn't like that though. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right? I want to know how she walked off. I'm did she roll her eyes from the front to the back? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's so real because it's like you know a lot of day, a lot of times a day we we cuddle these kids and we babying them, and I'm like nobody's Pretty giving you sure. nothing in life. You know, especially when you look at the kids 13, 14, I'm like, nah, you, 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 if you want to hoop, you want to, you know, play a sport, whatever you want to do, you need to figure that out now and start doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so sooner rather than later. Well, what yep. age do you recommend then? Do I, uh, I think that they have to come in a format, you know, because I, I was a park ball, you know, I, I started what, sixth grade, you know, I started playing right. park ball about sixth grade, you know, I was playing all of them basketball, baseball, track. So what age do you think kids should actually hone in and figure out what they want to do? I think it's not a particular age. I think it's when you see the kid gravitate towards something and he takes a liking to it. So, like, if you got kids, that's why I think kids should be so exposed. So, you know, a great deal of my career, I was in Europe, and I wasn't exposed to soccer like that growing up. You know, like, it was over here, it's football, basketball, baseball, but over in Europe, you know, soccer is a, is a, is a, um, is a predominant sport, you know? So I think exposing kids to as much sports you can. And, and when, they, and when you see them take a liking to it, just roll with that, you know? And I think like less time on TV and more time, they need to have more time, you know, just outside playing sports. And so I don't think it's a particular age. I just think it's when they, when you see them starting to gravitate towards a particular sport. 
Definitely wow. makes sense. Some good stuff. Thank you. So, so you definitely are speaking from experience. So, what were some of the obstacles you know that you had to overcome? Um, I think the biggest obstacle is is with sports is 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 learning how to be mentally is learning how to think mentally, you know, being able to adapt, you know, cause every time, like when people say like, like you hear the stories about Michael Jordan, not making a high school team and how, and, but a lot of stuff we create. So I think the biggest stuff that you have to overcome is, is being able to, you know, be able to control your mind with things. So as a coach, I'm big on mental, I'm big on being able to mentally train your mind. So like, you know, I had the stories where, you know, you know, I didn't have this or we didn't have that or I didn't make this team, but everybody has obstacles. So I'm more into, you know, how you train your mind about it. So the biggest obstacles for me probably were losing my dad at an early age um, and feeling like, you know, with my family, I had to kind of take on that burden of being a man early on. So um, those are the big, that, that's what drove me in a lot of ways. So, all right, you brought up a good point about, you know, being as a coach, you know, you like to train these kids' mind, especially, you know, with this uh, living during this pandemic with COVID, a lot of Zoom and virtual meetings. So do you think that works to the favor of this mental toughness? I don't because, you know, just to be blunt, man, you know, kids and some of these parents look at me to – they want me to tell them what to do. But when I grew up, I, I want to – Nobody told me how to practice. I went outside and I was out there four or five hours. I watched the tapes. I record Michael Jordan on VHS tape, watch come fly <laughs> me. You know, then I go out there and try to do what I saw. And because we just growing up in a different time that you shouldn't need that. So when it comes to virtual learning and stuff, as far as sports, I'm old school. I'm like, if you should you should go out there and work on your own game. But I get it. You know, you got to still coach and train and teach. But I think, you know, what's lost in the game is, is, is the ability to go out there and just create on your own. Everybody's doing everything. Everybody else is doing the game. You know, now everybody shoot threes, so everybody do it. So it's like, you know, it's, it's no, it's no creativity, creativity with it. Right. To your point, because I posted in a group, uh, shout out to uh, everyone in Sports Talk with Friends, to an old clip of Michael Jordan doing the jelly roll. Do you know Bro, the figure yeah. roll? Yeah. Who does that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you don't see that. It's like a lost art, you know, in this game. So, good point. Wow. It's, it's, it is lost art. I believe that. Everybody either want to shoot the threes or do the high-flying dunks uncontested. Right. <laughs> <Copy can't laughs> that's, what, that's what it is. That's what it is. Shout out to the NBA. Shout out to you, Shula, because, you know, she was saying how the WNBA, you know, they play a lot of hustle and defense. And, you know, yep. that's not something you see anymore in the NBA. No, you don't. And I think because, you know, women, the women's game is, is the women's game is kind of like how it, it was in Europe. Europe was a lot harder in a lot of ways because you had to be so much more fundamentally sound. And mm -hmm. in the NBA, you know, the problem with even with kids, they look at a guy like Giannis and they think, well, I can do it. Giannis can jump off the wrong foot. He can do this and that. But he's so gifted that it doesn't matter. And then when you look at the NBA, I mean, the WNBA, the women kind of have to be more fundamentally sound to have a lot of the same success. Definitely agree. Now, speaking to the being fundamental, now we were talking earlier about, 
you know, you very seldom could play two different sports. Yeah. I remember mm -hmm. we always, you know, people that try to play football to go into the basketball season, you had to go through tryouts. But they was already like two, three weeks in the practice already at that point in time. And I saw so many people get cut on the first cut. I saw one dude, I ain't going to mention him because he might be watching. He got cut <laughs> twice because he didn't feel like he got a fair chance. But you get <laughs> cut, if you don't come in ready to rock and roll at that point, dudes you know, who couldn't do a, uh, you know, the correct layup off of either hand, right foot, you got boom. Appreciate you. Thanks for playing. Now go to all oh, yeah. season. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's how it was. That's how it was. That's a dog. That's a doggy dog world right there. Oh, man. <laughs> but you know, you know, the thing about it to me, to me, like I still remember growing up playing at Crawford Park. I was there, I felt like every day, and then especially on Sundays, yep. I get to early play all night. You just couldn't be you couldn't dominate unless you unless you had fundamentals and skill. Like you just couldn't guys wanted it a lot more, in my opinion, back then. Yeah, Crawford Park. It was legendary on this side of town. Oh, I'm telling many you. great battles. I'm seeing. Oh like, yeah, Oliver Miller out there, Kurt Thomas. Everybody should be <laughs> out there. All right, hold on. So, uh, shout out to Rio CBD. Thanks for hanging out. He said, "I tried out for all the sports my freshman year. <laughs> After that, I realized I wasn't meant for sports." <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, Chris, so, you know, to, you know, the people like this, you know, what, you know, what would you tell them? Like, uh, you know, they try out, they figure out sports not for them. Like, how, or how would you encourage them? Because you said that, you know, they, you know, how would they figure it out that is not for them? What would you say to Rio? Uh, I would say, you know, life is not, life is so much more worth living when you're able to embrace it, embrace it for what it is. You know, when you kind of go in life being a little rigid, thinking it should be like this and be like that, which we all do, you know, that creates more hardship. So, you know, it could be in all kind of capacities. Like, you know, it doesn't mean sports might not be for you. It may mean sports may be for you in a different way. And the reality is that you blessed to play, but it's also a curse because, you know, I miss being able to play basketball. Um, so being involved – being involved, I, somebody asked me, what is it like retiring? What do you miss most about basketball? And I told him, I said, honestly, I miss the guys in the locker room cutting up, telling jokes, just that part of the game. You know, you don't have that no more. So, you know, when somebody says, like, Rio saying, you know, he realized sports wasn't meant for him, there's so many people in sport, involved in sports nowadays that then everybody gets to enjoy it. Like, I enjoy my fantasy football team. Like, you know what I mean? You're like, <laughs> But you need to play in our league because you won't enjoy that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We're very competitive, but yeah. Exactly. yeah. That's it, what it is. is. And so, to your point, you know, they got different, you know, like we're in sports podcasts right now. You know, right. so, you know, I'm a bad guy. Who would have thought that? So, you know, so uh, real CBD, he likes, you know, 100. So, yeah, you know, that was real talk. Up, so, speaking of competitors, so – Without getting you in trouble, who's your hardest competitor? <laughs> Man, you know, that's tough because, I mean, I remember, like, that's tough. Zaja Green was tough. I mean, <laughs> I mean. Hey, hold on. Shout out to my dude, Zaja. That's me. I, saw him up I, remember, 
I remember first time I went to the park, he was up there giving buckets. So <laughs> I played against a lot of good guys, a lot of great players over the years. So I mean, man, toughest competitor. Oh, that's that's a tough one. It, it, that's 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 too tough to say because I, I played against so many good guys. I understand. Got the call. Uh, Z might be uh, tuning in, so we might have to get him out here. Though, you know, because now you didn't put that out because he was on. Uh, we did an interview with him before. But oh, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sir, <laughs> but not since you put him out there. We got to talk about him. I remember. I remember. I, this is crazy. I remember I was in high school. And I remember I asked Coach McGuire, the assistant coach of the team, I said, how come this man is not playing Major D1 or the NBA? I really said that because when you play when you're younger, who getting, who's doing work, that's what you see. You know, that's what you know. And, 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 and I remember thinking that. I remember that, that man could play. And he was a yep. killer out there. So, I mean, and I was yep. young. I was young. So... <laughs> Yeah, I remember those days. I mean, and, and that's why I say it's so hard because, man, so many good guys. That could, Baron, Baron was a killer. Baron Davis. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he was. I'm going to talk to it, BD. Not Baron Davis came to the Hornets. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I'm going to assault it. You know, I'm going to assault how he did it, man. <laughs> so I'm going to next, go to the next question. Why? Why? <laughs> that dude played hurt. Till he got a trade and then balled out. Michael Thomas. He's right. Exactly. But he can play though. He he could, I mean he yeah. didn't make a play. Facts. I was a big fan of him until. <laughs> so being you. an alumni of the greatest high school on the planet. Right. So what was your experience like as a player there? Man, you know, it was it was good. My experience was, you know, I was following, you know, some great teams coming in. So the seventh and eighth grade team, the, the class ahead of me and the class two, they never lost a game in seventh, eighth grade. And they didn't lose a game. So, like, <laughs> I was like, it was my experience was like that was the standard. So they set that standard so high. So, like, me going to, you know, I, I looked at it as a failure, not making varsity as a freshman. Um so it was it was one of those things where it was like it was such a high standard at Duncanville that you know it, it was a pretty cool thing because you knew the level of expectation. Because when we played pickup back in the day, I mean all the all the older guys would come back. Greg Osteteg, Marvin Bell, yep. you know, it, it was it, Robin it, Ringo, Robin Ringo. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't know who be in our gym, and it, our gyms it would be packed over there in the dungeon in the in the summertime. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it'd be. And I mean, you guys been playing, so you know, it was just a level of expectation that your experience was based off of. Just you know, you knew what it was. Just talking from the best, like one, of, like arguably the best guy in Duncanville. I see some clip on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you talking about it. Man, it's like, oh well, yeah, you know, it's you know, it's some good guys over there, but. You know, well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> so you have mentioned about you know going overseas and what the atmosphere was like over there. So coming into that new environment, especially being in, in you know being an introvert, what was that experience like for you? Um, it was good because you know um I, I'm a history major, so um 
having a degree of history and, and I originally wanted to go to law school. That was my plan. Um, it was, it was good because you got to like be around different cultures and understand, you know, it made, it, it was an experience, you know, and, and, and um, it was an experience that helped you grow because, you know, even what America's going through right now is revealing to, to real life. So like now with, you know, everything going on with the, with, you know, with, with race, racism, everything's going on with, um, you know, just culture. I mean, I think it's, it's, you know, being able to travel is always going to broaden your horizons and it'll make you a better person. Definitely agree with that. Good stuff. So I'm sorry, go ahead. So I want to ask you, cause you know, you played overseas. So we, right. uh, we had Corgi Cox shout out to him. He uh, also played overseas as well, but, one thing that was, they were making a comparison to is Finland basketball. They were saying, like, you know, areas like Finland has better basketball than the U.S. And I see that you played out – you had the opportunity to play out there in Finland? Yeah, I played in Finland for a while. I think uh, I, I, I see what they're saying. Oh, I wait, think- I was expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like – because we hear like the NBA is the best of the best, you know. So yeah, please tell us how we compare. Well, it's like this: the NBA is is a is a business, and the NBA is built on how I explain it. The NBA is built on individual players. So if you go watch the Lakers play, you're going to see LeBron and Anthony Davis. If you go watch the Mavericks playing, you're going to see Luca, because it's built on a business. You, you your business model is going to only allow so much team basketball. So if you're going to if you, with it being like that, LeBron's going he has to get superstar calls. These players because that's the business model of the NBA. If you go look at if you go watch a game in Europe, you're not going to watch individual players. You're going to watch a team. So automatically, it's going to be be from a competitive level. It's going to be more competitive from the sense of. There's not going to be no swaying with calls or superstar calls. It's all the same. So it's all it's all based on the game, and that's why that's why a guy like Luka Doncic can come over here and be successful because he's so accustomed to not getting calls. He's so accustomed to a certain level of intensity. He's so accustomed to competing in a different way that you know at the end of the day, and and, and it goes both ways. The NBA is going to be it's impossible to play 82 games and just you know be out there, you know, going all – you can't go – you can't play hard. You can't play – you can't play full speed A2 games. It's impossible. But you can 40 like you were doing in Europe. That's what you're going to do. So, in Europe, when you're playing, you know, 40-something games and they're going to all be more competitive. So I think the NBA does – it's a business at the end of the day. So that's why guys like – that's why people call the NBA soft, I think, nowadays. Mm. They call them soft or they have to do this. It's, it's first a business. Like the NFL. The NFL, people want to see more points. They don't want to see, you know, 10 to 7 football games. So, Fantasy you know. football lives matter. Yes. This <laughs> matter. <laughs> I want to see points. It do. It do. It do. I can get a quarterback off the way where I'd be all right nowadays. <laughs> hey, I mean, we got to get to it our league, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm down. I mean, just think about a couple years ago, 
about five or six years ago, fantasy, I mean, if you didn't have one of them top seven quarterbacks, you were struggling. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Now you can go you can go get Minshew out the waiver wire and you, you're all right. Okay, look, this is what's George Sports. He dropping nuggets all across the board. <laughs> Hey, y'all playing in our league. Don't listen to that now. Don't listen to that. <laughs> I got you. you. Want to lose. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I got you. But yeah, that's some good stuff, man. Like for real. Wow. That's a way. And like you can tell you explain that because I understand how you put it. The way you put it is like, you know, it's you know, it's a business. You know, yeah. and so these guys are getting all these points, all these highlights because it's structured that way. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wow. It's set up like that. Wow. So, as a coach now, as you had mentioned earlier, how do you compare, you know, your preparation or even the environment or the mentality of being a coach versus a player? Uh, you got to be a lot more. Oh, I think the biggest difference <clears throat> is you have to be a lot more. You got to think in terms of everybody, every kid, whereas as a player, you're just you're you're only concerned about you. That's your job. Um, and then I'm coaching at the high school level, so I gotta be very conscious of where all the players are at mentally. So, like um, you know, from a coaching perspective, I always said if I become a coach, I'm not gonna just coach one way. And I tell the guys, hey, look, I'm not gonna talk to everybody the same. Everybody's individual. So the one thing I didn't like is you know, from some coaches where they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't talk and conduct themselves in a certain way that was respectful. So for me, I'm going, I'm going to talk to you. And I always tell the guy, look, I'm going to talk to you straight up. I'm not going, I'm not going to try to, I don't have a style of trying to yell at you to get you to do something. If I'm raising my voice, I mean it. It's not tactful. It, I, I just mean it that moment. You know what I mean? So I think the biggest thing for me as a coach, you got to always be conscious of the whole group. So and getting your, and I'm constantly trying to get guys to work together as a team. Um, and, and, it, and it's tough at times. It's tough. It's, I it's, definitely it's, imagine that. Yeah. yeah uh, shout out to Coach Hill. You know, he's a coach of men's professional team. And he said one of his challenges was to get the guy's respect at a professional level. Because, hmm. you know, it's like you meet a guy like, okay, I'm a grown man. Look, he can't tell me anything. So, you know, how do you deal with that at a high school level? Because I was a teacher. And them kids right. tell me that. I'll be like, hey, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, hey. Look, you, you might not get this at home, but in here. But, you know, so how do you do, so how do, you do that? I think, you know, we're still being tactful. I mean, I think you definitely have to have your – you definitely have to have your standard and how you set the culture. Um, and you you want to – I try to go pretty, pretty sharp from the beginning. So the setting the culture is the biggest thing. And then, two – some players, you know, sometimes you got you gotta let players go. You know, if they if they you can't you can't get everybody to do what you want to do, you know, in your system. So you gotta let you just basically gotta be firm and say this is it, you know, this is this is how we're gonna do stuff. So on my program, you know, the biggest thing is playing hard with effort all the time and having a good attitude. Because as a coach, I can live with that. If you playing hard, you got a good attitude, I can live with that. If you're not playing hard, I can't, I can't stand that. If you have a bad attitude, I really can't stand that. So, you know, I, I can live with the other stuff, but I can't live with you not playing hard and having an attitude. 
<laughs> I'm with you. The teacher. <laughs> I'm telling you, I couldn't take that. Oh uh, no, I, I can't stand it. So, so I got no. So on this thing, so you know, as a teacher, we have a light bulb moment. So you know, we're teaching. You know, I'm te- you know, put one plus one is two. When these kids, light bulb coming on. So the coach, right. what is your best? What is your coaching moment? You know, like give you the warm and fuzzies when you're coaching. I, when when I see players coaching and tr- pushing each other, so when I see it when I see a player receive what I'm saying and he's able to implement it, whether it's through playing or talking to his other teammates, for me that's a coaching thing because so much in life we these kids think it's supposed to be a certain way. Life, especially boys, is about learning how to figure it out. If I got to tell you everything, then you ain't getting it. You know what I mean? So I think for me, my coaching moment is when they just they 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 take it and they could they they run with it. Wow, agreed. You know, think about it. growing up. All I needed was a VHS and a basketball hoop. That's all I had. I was going to pressing the wine button, watching it, looking at it, going outside, doing it. Why nobody spoon feeding me nothing like that? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm I learned how to play the trombone in the backyard. Me yeah. and the dog. The dog hollered. I'm playing. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, he respected my mom because after that, I got a scholarship. You know, I, right? I exactly. Learned on. You know, you taught yourself. You had the will, and you you did it. You so did. I'm with you. So I'm I'm mad that I see. Oh, you you got an abbreviation. You got skipped to this kind of nah, uh, Oh yeah, it, 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 it's, it's it's a different <laughs> world nowadays. It's a different world. Everybody wants a golden ticket. Everybody, everybody wants it just to be laid out for them, and life don't work like that. <laughs> they don't want to earn a living anymore. They, they you no. know, they want, it, they want an email. They want a tag, Instagram. You know what exactly. I'm saying? They want tag. Exactly. That's real, though. That's real. So, since you've been a coach, you know what motivates you as far as that profession is concerned? Have you been an athlete, student athlete? scholarship athlete professional player now you're a coach so you've gone through that natural progression so again you know what motivates you the most now i think what motivates me the most now is you know being able to give back to kids because i'm in high school so my motivation with them is like i tell look you i'm not trying to coach you to be nba players i'm coaching you because i want you to take away tools that'll help you become a man in life. So for me, seeing, you know, being able to be an influence in, in young men's lives and to becoming men is, is what is what motivates me. Shout out oh. to Trevor. It's got a good point. Yeah. They feel so entitled. And <laughs> look at YouTube think they know everything. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, that's the that's the culture. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And, 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 and being a programmer, I get infuriated about sending YouTube links because what you're doing is programming them what to do, like a robot. That's exactly. it. You're not exactly. thinking. You know, I'm telling you, that's the way to get me upset now. What happened to reading instructions, figuring it out? Not, figuring it out. You know, so, hey, shout out to your dad. <laughs> I see you hanging out with us. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is spoon fed now. But like I say, yeah. you know, I was looking forward to the interview. I wish it didn't have to end, but before we wrap it up, what's a fun fact about you? 
Man, that's a good question. A fun fact about me. Uh, A what? I see you got thinking. Well, okay. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) I like, um, man, probably a fun fact on me is that I like to read. Like I, I like to read. That's 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 a lost art nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> man, hey, look, <laughs> for real. Yeah, I like I like I like I like to learn. I like to learn. I like to learn. Do you think you get your worth ethic and your ability to be competitive from your famous relative? I think that has something to do with it. I think you know you know wanting to reflect the sense of excellence like he did definitely is a motivator um so i think that plays a role and for those that don't know you want to share who that is oh my great uncle is uh jesse owens he won four gold medals in 1936. And spoken as a you know like a family of a true Olympian, you know that's a competitive nature. It's like you didn't win them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly, that's, exactly. I didn't. I, I mean, that's greatness. Yeah, wow. he so, won them. He and you won played them. in Berlin, right? Yeah, I did play a year in Alba. So what was uh, that like? Did anybody ask you the resemblance to the last name or anything like that? I mean, it was they did. It, it was. I mean. They kind of pumped it up a little bit before I got there, so you know it was it was it was cool. It was cool because you know I, I got to actually see where um, his name is still in the, in the Olympic Stadium, and the um, they got a, a lounge in the Olympic Stadium named Jesse Owens Lounge, and you know, so it, it was pretty cool. It was a cool experience. That's real cool because I always knew you as Michael's little brother. <laughs> 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 but hey man we definitely appreciate you jumping in here with us today you know as always that we have we have fun doing this you know to be able to make that connection from you know the members in our group the fans of sports and you know like uncle Lever said earlier you know it's not necessarily you having to be able to play a sport you can be a spectator you can be a trainer you can be right. a player you can be a coach there's other ways that you can contribute in order to be passionate about a, about a oh, particular yeah. sport. Right? Oh, yeah. Allow sports to be effective. You know, allow us to do its thing what it's here for. You know, you know, everyone to have fun because we've seen what happened when sports wasn't here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like <laughs> man, what talk that noise? Oh yeah, I mean, at least sports, it, it means so much to culture, the community. So, I mean, I definitely Definitely agree with that. And I appreciate you guys for having me on. I I, I definitely like what you guys are doing. I mean, it's it's really positive and, and, and we need more of this. So I'm I'm definitely appreciate what you guys are doing. Thank you. Thank appreciate you, you, you as well. well any shout outs to anybody? Hey, before we let you go, you know, you you did a little, you know, you, you visited my hometown, New Orleans. What was yeah. your favorite dish down there? Did you get a chance to eat? I mean, I don't know if it really count, but I'm always on them shrimp. And uh, I get the shrimp oyster poor boy. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. 
You got your New Orleans card today, man. Yeah, I'm New Orleans food, though. I mean, I mean, I missed it, man. I mean, I think we used to go to it was a spot. I think it was called Copeland's. I think they got one. I think they got yeah. one. Yeah, they. I used to, we used to go there. That was a little staple. But the food, like I, I always had the shrimp oyster po' boy. But I was hey, that was my that was my to go. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I, man, I miss that food, man. You, you you bringing back memories right now. <laughs> yeah, I miss it though. Awesome, awesome. But one last thing. So you know, you had a like man, a very broad career. Uh, you know, professional basketball, but you had the opportunity to play in Turkish, like Turkish ball. What was that like? Just being uh, in that environment. Man, it was weird. Shoot, the first day, it was very <laughs> So I wait, can you pronounce the name? Because you know I, I couldn't pronounce the name. I'm public school smart, so I just tore it up. <laughs> like the name of the team, it was Galatasaray. 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 Yeah, that was the jersey up there. But um, it was my first day there. I was in the hotel, <clears throat> and some Kurdish soldiers got killed at the border, and so. They <laughs> So they, they started protesting. They was protesting. And they had bottles that they had a little thing with the the the, the cloth. Yeah, oh, and they the cocktail. Yeah, the cocktails. And man, they was throwing them right below my hotel. So I'm looking out the window and I see them doing this. Man, I called my agent. I was like, I, here. I can't do this. Like, I was like, man, this is- I was like, I was like, man, because I, I didn't know what they was going. I don't know if they was going inside. Of, I, 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 I didn't know that. I didn't know what they was protesting. So I, I was just like, man, I was like, I ain't feeling this. Like, and, and I was like, man, but, you know, like you get used to that. Like, it's weird, but you do, you know, because, you know, that's the culture there. You know, even the fans, like when you say what's the difference, the fans in a warm country like Turkey or Greece, they're going to be a lot more hostile than somebody like a country like Russia. Russia, everybody's going to be more, you know, reserved and stuff like that. So you see it. You see it. You feel it. Man. This is mind-blowing just here. It's like, you know, like, cause, like yeah, you know. It's just a landmine up ahead. You know, these guys, you know, it's okay. <laughs> you know, you see a fire, it's okay. This is normal. You know what I'm but, but you know the biggest thing about you know humanity is we adapt. We adapt. You know, like 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 it's it's like as an American, I remember one time like I was home and then I went back over and my um coach called me. He said, You okay? I said, Why you say that? What, what's going on? He said, But I, I see there's tornadoes there in Texas. There's tornadoes. So in his mind, he thinking like You're about to die. Right, and I'm like, you know, no. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm watch these. Yeah, <laughs> that's not that's the power. That's the influence of media. You know, that's the influence yeah. of, that it could have on you. I mean, shoot, I, I I went and voted today just so I could get it over with, man. Because everywhere you turn around, and vote. I'm like, man, it's that's the influence. You know, what I'm saying good or bad, it is what it is. Clap that up, man. Good stuff. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Appreciate Man. you. Oh. Any shout out you have for anybody out there? Man, just just shout out to everybody. Just 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 you know, just you know, I like to say just you know, stay stay prayerful. 
stay positive and uh you know keep doing what you do most definitely but baby yeah. brother we appreciate you it's been it's, no it's been a been a pleasure it's been an honor and anytime. hopefully Anytime. Anytime. Yeah. We'll take you up on that, too. Right, I'm, I'm <laughs> I just want to see you there. on that fantasy football. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm trying to get into that. Now, I'm nice now. I'm nice now, though. <laughs> hey, man. It's hey. different. It's my first year playing in the big league, and I'm here at, like, 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Roster changes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, don't take that. See, this, you know, and this is what we do. Like, you might be good in that league. So when you come to Sports Talk with friends, we mute you. You got to win the game. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm going to tell you, look, you know what? We This is week six. Week six, a guy won his first game. So I'm saying? We don't play. We don't play. <laughs> you just won the first game in week six? Hey, man. We don't play. <laughs> We don't play. He's out there in uh, East Texas. He's out there in West Louisiana. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> out there. Well, shout out to him. Shout out to him. Oh, God, I can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it ain't no joke, though. I mean, I, I'm, fantasy is one of those things where you you cannot, I mean, you got to have the little the tickers on your phone. Somebody, you know, Tony O'Brien <laughs> get up to the bucks, you hey. need for your phone. Hey, right. I, I picked him up yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I went, I was strong, I was looking for him. <laughs> oh man, and he just got through the, by the books. Yeah. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. That's how, we, that's how we do see how that we 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 predict. That's what I'm saying. We already yeah. got them, you know. Yeah, so, we got Hey, what's up, though? You seen that? What white man pumping Reeboks up, man? You coming to uh, our yeah. league? You know, <laughs> <laughs> up, man. I'm ready, though. I'm ready. I'm telling you, I'm ready. I'm ready. We going to see. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. brother. Uncle Leroy, you got any shout-outs for us? Hey, man, look. You know what? I'm going back to enjoy this 30-day hiatus. We only came out, you know, because we're on 30-day hiatus from all our shows just to do our interviews. So I'm going back to go fishing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got fish. So, I ain't at that. So shout-out to the crappies that's going out there to uh, East Texas. So, uh, Oh, yeah. Dude, Uncle Leroy. Don't say the Leroy without the junior. What about you? Hey, shout out to those looking. Shout out to um, Vegas. See you in 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I'm watching you. <laughs>